In these uncertain days, there is a person who offers peace. His name is Jesus. People from all walks of life are gathering in his house to hear from him. It's time for you to join the movement. Take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 13 and verse 48. As you're turning there, it's so good to be around God's Word and in God's Word together uh, this morning in the house. If you are are around Jackson or in Jackson Friday morning, uh, about 8.30, you probably start seeing the clouds gathering. Anybody see that? It began to get dark, and, and I, I had slept in that morning. I would slept in to 5.30, not saying that arrogantly. I'm just an early riser. So I spent a couple hours with the Lord and called my dad, had some time with him, came back in. And, and I always review the message on Friday morning, kind of get my mind back around this week, what we're doing. And, and so I hadn't done that yet, and I'd written a blog. And, and so I always run after that. So I get on the elliptical. Man, I'm, I'm going off since it's getting extremely dark. And I have about a half a mile left on my running and all of a sudden, the electricity just goes off, and it's so dark. And now, now I'm fighting the elliptical machine in that moment because it doesn't have the electricity. And I realize if you just run without the electricity, it's not so good. And so at the, in that moment, when I finished my time, I got off, and it was so dark. I mean, again, no electricity. And I thought, what in the world am I going to do now? Now, in your life and in my life, there are, there are moments that come that are like that. And in the Scriptures, we read it together today, we must be reminded that in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though there was all of these these triumphant moments, most of their journey was filled with trials. Is that true or not? Everything that pastors led us to do up to this moment is prepared us in our worship that we believe that God works better in trials than He does when it's easy. I'm talking about today, Tribulation Trail. We remember in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we are studying together. We're walking through the book of Acts in a series this fall entitled, Join the Movement, Phase 2. And I want to pick up right here, chapter 13 and verse 48. Say amen if you're there. The Bible says this, and when the Gentiles heard this, what did they hear? Look back in verse 47. For so the Lord had commanded us, this is Paul, who's speaking in this moment. He had been sent out, if you remember by God, he was in a healthy church that was a Holy Spirit-filled church, that was a gospel-centered church, and they were going everywhere. And he said this, God said, I've made you a light to the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And listen, for them to go to the ends of the earth meant that they'd have to go through some tribulations. And so the Gentiles rejoiced that the gospel got to them in time. Now, when you're going through a trial yourself, if you're not careful, you will miss the blessing and the benefit of the trial because remember we said last week, you'll get so locked up, right, Jason, that you get so locked up in your mind that you just cannot help somebody else. And we said this last week. Now, lean in with me. We said this last week. The condition of your mind determines whether you help somebody or you don't help them. And so today, as we think about this, the Bible says this, look in your text again, as many as, in verse 48, they rejoiced and glorified God through the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Isn't that a reason to rejoice? What a miracle people were getting saved. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. This is triumphant. This is a blessing. This is a joy that lives are being changed. Then the scripture says this, but... But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading women of the city, and they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. 
Now, listen to me. All of us have those moments in our lives where that we go through tribulation. Now, I want to remind you this. Look on the screen, our first slide. Christianity is not about the moment in time, even that's when you get saved. It's about a movement in your life. So right now, I want to encourage you today to say that if you're in tribulation, it's probably because you are a Christian. Now you say, what do you mean? As I was running, I was listening to Carter Conlon preach up in Times Square Church, and he said this, listen to this, the presence of trouble doesn't mean the absence of God. Some of you didn't get that. Let me say it again. The presence of trouble doesn't mean the absence of God. The Bible actually says in the book of Psalms in chapter 30 and verse 6 that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The church understood two things about tribulation. Number one is this. It's on your screen. As Christ followers, we suffer through a temporary season of tribulations. Do you say temporary? Yes, where I'm going, there is no tribulation. Where I am going, there are no trials or tragedies where I'm going. Do you know the church had the right perspective? Their perspective was was this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Here was their perspective. This is a light momentary affliction. Now, in that moment, while I I was standing there in the pitch dark, I mean, it was extremely dark. I mean, it was thundering and lightning and coming down, and I had things to do. I was what my wife had honey do jobs for me to do. Can I get an amen? I was going to have the privilege to, to be able to go later on. I was going to get to go to Hobby Lobby. Hallelujah. But see, I had things that I needed to do that day. But the perspective in that moment, what was I going to do with the darkness? The church, listen to me, I want to encourage you today. The church embraced the darkness, not upon them, but they embraced a lifestyle that says, God, this is for my blessing, not for my bruising. Now think about people without Christ. Look at this as it comes on the screen. Those without Christ, they are in a world system, and they follow, and I watch this. These people suffer not only a temporary season of tribulations, but they're going to suffer eternity apart from God in hell. You see, I tell people this sometimes, and I believe this with all my heart. If you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, this world is the only heaven you'll ever know. You say, you, I can't believe you would say such a thing. It's reality. This is the best that it will ever be for you if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 30, Jesus said this to a man that would not obey him. He cast him out into utter darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Can I say this to you today? If you are a believer, you need to be encouraged that as you walk this life in tribulation, you meet somebody who's also in tribulation and trial. They're going, listen, you're going like this in a tribulation trail and they're going like this. Do you see it? You're going to cross with them. You're going to meet them in the midst of a tribulation. You're going up, and they're going down, and you meet them in that moment. And if your perspective is correct, you realize, hey, you can stop and say, hey, what's going on in your life? And they will say, they tell you what's going on in life, and you can say this, I've been there. Some of us want a life where we've been nowhere except on vacation. You're going to walk a tribulation trail, and you must choose a perspective. And I want to give you a biblical perspective today as what they faced. And as they walk through it, it's simply this. I want to, if you're a Christian, I want to help you look on the screen. I want to help you as a Christian to continue in your faith. I want to help you, if you don't know Jesus Christ today, to come into a living relationship with Him because this God will bring you from the darkness into His marvelous light. What did they do? Notice what the Bible says now in chapter 13 and verse 51. They shook off the dust of their feet. Here they, they said, all right, you don't want us here. We, in grace and mercy, we're going on. And so they went to Iconium. They'd went 100 miles north. They traveled 100 miles north, and the disciples were filled with joy. And now watch this, and with the Holy Spirit, they had the perspective. 
So what should I lay before your heart? Some four things I want to lay before your heart to comfort you and encourage you. Number one is this. As you go through tribulation, you're called to share your faith. As you go through times of tribulation, you are called to share your faith. So the Bible says, chapter 14, verse 1, Now at Iconium they entered together, the Bible said, into the Jewish synagogue, and they spoke in such a way, oh, I love this, such a great, that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Here's a question. Since we have seen each other last, now this doesn't apply to you if it's the first time I've ever seen you, so you get a pass, come back next week, you won't get a pass. So in the last seven days, what have you said to the people in this community? In the last seven days, what has been the, been the core of your conversation with people around you? Here's my prayer for you, Colossians 4, 5, and 6. You might want to write it down. Listen to what it says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. So in the last seven days, have you shared a living faith that people are better because they've met you, better because you bought something in their store, they're better because you are around them? Listen to what it said, let your speech always be gracious. Now, I have to repent sometimes. Anybody else? Sometimes I fail. Let your speech be gracious, it says in Colossians 4. Seasoned with salt. That means that salt is the preservative, that a person will get better. I, I want someone, I want Brother Howard. When I'm with Brother Howard, when, I, when he's is our executive pastor, when, when, when I'm done with him, I feel better. You know why? Because you carry that salt of the Word of God, that salt of the Word of God that sprinkles. Now, I know if it's on an open wound, it hurts. Amen. Uh, this morning, someone said, said, hey, every once in a while, a pastor calls me out. And one of our deacons said this. No, he didn't. What happens is the Holy Spirit translates what he said to your, your position in life. So what I want to tell you this, that was Paul went there with Barnabas because they were in the right position of mind as they shared. People heard the word of God and they believed. And I want to encourage you with this today so that people would know how to answer you back when you share what they need to hear. It's not rocket science in this room, my brothers and sisters. Many of you think that five-minute presentation is what reaches them in the gospel. It's more about how you live the life and share a living faith that has the gospel woven in it. And you say, but I don't know how to share the gospel. Well, friend, listen to me. We've heard that you don't. So this Wednesday night from 6 o'clock until 7.05, right in this room for the next four weeks together, I'm going to share with you how, going to give you tools that you can share your faith. It's just a four-week class together. It's one hour. Those of you that work on Wednesday night in our ministries here or can't get here, we'll record every bit of it. And once it's all done, we'll put it in a package for you and give it to you to do it online. But listen to me. You want to be in the house because I want to be able, when somebody's around me, to share with them Jenna, to share with them in a way that when they leave, if, watch, if they're going down and I'm going up, guess what, Brother Bobby, that I'll take their hand and show them the way up. So we don't give people handouts at this church. We give them hands, hands up. We don't give them that hand up. It happened yesterday. Over 200 people, the most we'd ever had yesterday, came through this line for our food ministry. They were wrapped around the building almost twice yesterday. The economy's getting worse. Now watch, there is the tribulation, but what God's people do, we're still going up. You say, well, preacher, but it was easy for them. Okay, let me just read the Bible. Verse 2 says, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned the minds against the brothers. So it was difficult. And so they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace. Now watch this. Granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Friend, listen to me. God will do signs and miracles in your life if you are willing to get outside of yourself and say, God, I just trust you. I could give you example after example in this church of people who are letting God use them as a light to the world. Now think about this for a moment. Think about this young adults in this room. I look over here at my young adults and other people around that. Lean in this for a moment. Do you know 
that there's nothing on late night television that encourages them to follow Jesus? Do you know that there's nothing on the internet apart from what the ministries of the churches do or in their homes that says, love God, that you'll make it through? Do you know there's no word in the classroom apart from Christian teachers, and we have some of them? There's nothing in the job site. There is nothing in the public square. People are crying this out. Acts 8, 31. How can I understand unless somebody guides me? And so, friend, today you have a choice. Either you can just stay in where you are, you're going to go through tribulation. Listen to what Jesus said in John 16 and 33. In this world, you will tribulate. The word tribulation means that you'll have trials, that you'll, you'll have, have things that will come up on you, that will be hardships, you'll even suffer time. But he said this, have good cheer, I've overcome the world. In Christ, friend, you have the antidote. In Christ, you have the answer. I did not say that you would not have the trials and the tragedies of your life, that you would go through these things, but in your tribulation, you're moving onward. You're growing. See, most of us, we want to work out in the gym of nothing. We want to work out in the gym where that there, there's no resistance, and, and we just say, God, I'm all in as long as you bless me. And God says, okay, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you cancer. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to allow trials and tribulation to come into your life because without them, you won't know who I am. And so the Bible says that they did signs and wonders, but it got worse in verse 4. But the people of the city were divided. Some, some side with the Jews and some with the apostles. When a temple was made, the Bible says here, notice by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and notice this, to stone them. It wasn't a rock concert, by the way, either. And they learned of it, and they fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, to the surrounding country. But notice what they did, and there they continued to preach the gospel. So I want to tell you this. As you go through the tribulation trail, the first encouragement is this, share your faith. The second thing is this, be blessed to see faith. Be blessed to see faith. Sometimes you get so locked in where you are, and your glass is so half empty, you can't see that people around you are waiting to be helped. Some of you, no matter, you could go on 20 vacations and come back and talk about a thousand things that went wrong. Anybody? Well, how did your vacation go? Da, 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 da. Like, like, you know what? To just change in attitude. I mean, we get to do these things. The Bible says, verse 8, now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. Now, what would you do? Would you cross to the other side? In Luke 10, like that, that the priest did and the, the man that needed help. Listen to what it says here. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. Now, most likely, if you followed this, what happened was, was this, that as Paul and them, as they came to the city preaching the gospel, as they were just walking the streets, that line in the streets of that day, you still see today in third world countries, that, that people will care just enough for somebody's cripple. They'll bring them to a place and they sit them there and they'll beg all day long. And so here was this guy, and probably some did not see any faith in this guy, but the scripture says this, and he listened to Paul speaking. And Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made what? Some say healed. Our trans ESV says, well, the better translation is the King James Version here that actually says to be saved. Do you know that here was the man that Paul's meditation had been pleasing God's sight? And so as he was going, I don't know how God had connected the dots, but this was going to be a moment of a divine appointment that Paul was going to get to see faith in someone else. I wonder, would your, your perspective be different if you knew tomorrow you get to lead somebody to Jesus? Brother, would it be different tomorrow if you know in all, in all the houses that you work it in for Jesus, that tomorrow, that as you go, that there'd be somebody there that would have the faith to be saved? See, most of us expect nothing in our faith, and because of that, we get it every day. 
But God intends for something else. You say, but pastor, I want to do that. But man, I'm just on this tribulation trail. Listen, awaken, friend. That is the best time. Paul, listen, was being run out of a city because there was somebody in another city waiting for him to come. That means if you lose your job, there's a better job coming. That means if you don't get in the school that you want to get in, there's a better school coming. We've got some kids right now in a different school that they intended to be in because God's got something better for them. I'm telling you, no matter what you face, if you come up to it and there's a door closed, God says, that's enough of that. Walk this other way. And so there he was, and in that moment he had the faith to be saved. Now look, think about this. One word be said this is coming on the screen. Miracles by themselves do not produce either conversion or faith. So people say, I'm praying for a miracle. That's not the place to start. The place to start is with God, to have faith that God, first of all, the greatest miracle that's needed in your house in the midst of the tri- tribulations is the miracle of salvation. Your kids need to be saved. Your parents need to be saved. Your friends at school need to be saved. Our president and many presidents need to be saved to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Congress needs to be the same. The place to start is not to beat them down. The place to start is to give them a hand up by praying for them and by positioning yourself in a place that they can hear the truth. And so Paul was there. He looked at this guy. Paul was simply the messenger of God. And the Scripture says, and Paul saw that he had faith. Look in verse 10. And he said in a loud voice, stand upright. Anybody see that in someone else? I see it in these young adults in our church now. Every Sunday night they're gathering. If you're a young adult, 18 to 29, we want you to come at 530. We'll feed you a nice meal tonight. We'll sit in the Bible study tonight, and we'll see God move upon your life. I'm seeing them, Pastor Rick, you're seeing them, these young adults. We see them there. They have the faith to believe that God would do all things. I, I, the Bible says that he said to this man, because he had evidence faith, he was already come to know Jesus Christ in that moment. I believe he had prayed to receive Christ in that moment as Paul was talking. He didn't wait on Paul to give the invitation. He didn't say, raise your hand. He just said, I believe in this Jesus that you're talking about. And so Paul saw the faith and he said, stand up. You see, that's the problem and in churches. That have a, how many altars are empty today in the church? Because nobody wants to stand up. They'll raise a hand. They might do a QR card, but nobody wants to stand out because, listen to me, we're saying, I, I'm not ready for that. But i tell you this, what I found all this summer in every place I've been preaching, that when people get saved, they have the faith. They have a faith to stand up when no one else does, and God begins to work, and the Scripture says this, He sprang up. How do you do something you've never done before? The power of God. He had never walked. He knew nothing about walking. He didn't feel the, the strength that I feel in my leg. He didn't feel me when I do this. They thought I fell down in the, in the first service in the back. When I do this, there's strength in my legs. Every time I speak to my legs, they get up with me. You Listen to me. You come to church, it's easy, but for somebody who's been a drug addict, who's been a drunkard, and they come to the house for the first time, and somebody says, have faith. They're not. They're looking at you. They're looking at you. Does that man have faith? Does that woman have faith? And I want to call you up today to encourage your heart that your tribulation is your opportunity to give glory to God. So spring up, old church. Oh, spring up, old church. Have faith in God. Believe in this God, young person. Believe that he's a God who changes lives. The Bible said he sprang up and he began walking. Can you imagine that? He saw faith. There's something else that you need to write down. We're not only called to share faith and to seek faith, but listen to this, we also are called to stand up. The Scripture says in verse 11, notice this, and when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in Lyconium, any Lyconian speakers in the room? 
I think not. In Lyconian, it's translated for us, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance of the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. Here's the deal. This was a superstitious country. They were involved in mythology. They identified the gods as Jupiter and Mercury, and they named these guys. These must, these must be gods that have taken human form. And the priest thought, this is an opportunity for me. So he comes, is going to leverage the opportunity. So listen to me. Let me say this to you. The hardest thing for you to do in your faith is this, is to stand up to the pressures that come against you. And the number one pressure that you have is pride. You say, oh, no, it's not. I, I used this illustration in the first service, and somebody who came to me and said I needed that said use it in the second, so it's up to them. If you get mad, I'll give you their name. You say, what do you mean? Many of us are robbed of faith because we listen to me, because we have such pride that we get mad and we quit working if somebody doesn't say, hey, good job. That's pride. That's pride. It's pride when somebody takes the glory that belongs to God. Can I tell you, you don't need Pastor Keith to be your Lord. You need Jesus Christ to be your Lord. This church, listen to me, the building, we're blessed with God's been done some great things, but this building doesn't save you. Being a Baptist doesn't save you. Getting baptized does not save you. Jesus Christ saves you. And the thing that you have to get down to is this. It's not my faith in me that gets me across the finish line. It's my faith positioned in him. And so listen to me. And in humility, I listened this very morning. I said before God at 5 o'clock, God, unless you show up in the service today, I will look like a fool. And unless you show up in the service today, God, nothing can happen. And may no one see the praise team. That God, we don't need to see them. We don't want to see them. We don't want to see deacons. We don't want to, we don't want to see anybody but the Lord. Lord Jesus, and God reminded me of this, that if you will follow me, then I'll let people see you, and you can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Praise be unto his name. So what did Paul do? The Bible says this, and what did they do? But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard of this, now watch this. The Scripture says they tore their garments, and they rushed into the crowd. He said, why do you tear your garments? For the Jews, that was a sign of mourning. And they said, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you. We bring you good news. Now watch, we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things. Notice how they leveraged it. From these vain things to a living God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Think with me for just a moment. Here were guys, as they stood up, they stood up and said, you need Jesus. There is a greater hope, and his name is Jesus Christ. And Paul and Barnabas were not going, now watch this, they stood up to say the glory for this man's healing is not going to be given to a dead God. And friend, today, if you're going to take glory for your singing ability, you'll lose it. If I'm going to take glory for my preaching, it'll be gone. If you're going to take glory for your teaching, it's going to be gone. If you'll take glory for anything in your life and you don't give it to God, it'll be gone. And I want to encourage you to, I didn't share any of this passion in the first service. So somebody needs this in this hour, this moment in time. The script, but I want to tell you this, if you'll start giving God glory, he'll give it back to you. If you'll give him glory. that They began to say this, listen, there's a creator God. There's a creator God. I'm almost finished. Listen to this. In past generations, verse 15, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. He says there was a creator, yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heavens. And listen to this. And fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. But now watch this. As he said this, he said there's a creator, 
This creator cared for you, and when you shook your fist at him, he still gave you rain, he still fed you, he still clothed you. It's Romans 2 and 4, the kindness of God is to lead you to repentance. And I'd say this to you today, I'd stand up in front of your face and say this, you're not going to get to heaven apart from Jesus. I say to you, sir, you may be successful. You may have three degrees by your name, and that's a good thing. But the mind you have was given to you by God, and that ability you have is not yours. It is God. Young lady, the looks that you have is not yours. They came from the gift from Almighty God. Everything that we have, everything that we are, and everything that we will be, it's been a gift from God. And whether you know it or not now, it has been He that's been pushing you all along the way. And I just choose today to give Him glory and praise for all that He's done in my life because I don't have the ability on my own. And in that moment, though, the Bible says this, even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice. They couldn't stop them. Now watch this. We find that in their ministry, in their tribulation, we're called to share our faith. We're blessed to see faith. We're blessed to stand up for faith. But lastly, i got to tell you, this is the hardest part, but it may be the best. We will experience suffering for our faith. When you stand up for God, you're going to suffer. Listen to what it says in verse 19. But Jews came from Antioch. That's where he'd been. And Iconium, where he had been. And they persuaded the crowds and they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Did you get that? That's how fickle people are. When you want the applause of men, you better watch out. The Bible says that they turned them. Now listen to me. The Bible says here, they supposed that he was dead. But the disciples gathered about him. He rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Here's my question. Did Paul die when they stoned him? I asked one of our older deacons. I didn't know if they were there or not. If they were old enough to be there or not. But there's no answer there. But there is a statement here. It says he rose up. Now, when Jesus was resurrected, it says he rose up. I may be wrong in this, and, and it doesn't matter if I am or not, but because the principle is the same. Whatever he was in, he rose up. He rose up. I believe that he died in that moment. I believe, with all, I believe that he died in that moment, and God said, boy, I'm not done with you. Here's the deal. You can rise up in whatever you're facing in the midst of your tribulation trail because you ain't leaving here until God's done with you. So students, get on the plane and go. Quit being a, a coward. Those of you that are holding somebody else back, quit holding them back. Listen to me. You're not going to die. I tell Sherry all the time, I will not die before God is through with me. We raised all three of our kids, and I've been all over this world. I've been in places where I should have died. I should have been killed, but I wasn't even touched because I've been places where they had disease. I rode on, rode on a plane back from Egypt when COVID hit. Everybody on that plane, was they were just gagging their heads up. And by His mercy and by His grace, I have rose up and didn't miss one Sunday and didn't have COVID at all and still have not had it by the mercy and the grace of God. You won't leave this world if you'll just stand up for God until He's done. But if you sit down and give up as a young person in the midst of your tragedy, and your trial, you'll never go anywhere. Now listen to me. Here's what Paul said. Notice in verse 21, when he preached the gospel of that city, he made many disciples. They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Now watch this. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them, and I pray that I have you, to continue in the faith and to say that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Now watch. We will enter. But the question is, do you want to take anybody with you? You see, Friday morning, when the electricity went on, I mean, it was dark. I mean, honestly, you could see. You barely, it was as dark as I've seen it in Jackson ever since I've been. At, at 9 o'clock in the morning, you, I'm telling the truth, 9 o'clock in the morning. And so I was like, God, you know I had things I needed to do. And God said, suck it up, boy. <laughs> and I remembered that I had this little old flashlight 
that Jimmy Adams gave me and the, and the 14 of us that went to Malawi. You got yours, don't you? So I went and got my little flashlight. It's right, it's right in there close somewhere to my passport. I'll use it in November if I live long enough to make it back. And here I was on my desk like this. And as I read those words, because I had to lean in, and I, and I read these words, strengthening the souls of the people who will come to church on Sunday. Encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Can I tell you, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I went all through that sermon. I worked all through this pastor. They were time. I'm not joking. I had it in my mouth because I was trying to highlight. I was right. I love to write with a pencil so I can erase. So I'm, I'm doing all this stuff here, and I'm all still sweaty from where I was working out. And I was doing all that right there with all that. But you know what? And when I finished the last line and turned it off and got up, and the lights came on, and I got to go to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I got to go to Sam's. Then I got to go to Chili's and have an hour time with John and sure that I wouldn't have traded for anything on the earth. And came back and was introduced to pickleball on Friday night. And that man up there in the booth let me beat him in a game. But it all boils down to this, this little light of mine. Here's how we go home today, my friends, my neighbors. Doing church just as the church will never build the kingdom of God. If you just want to be a church that comes on Sunday and sits there, sir, listen, you'll never get it. And I want to tell you today, don't reject Jesus. Right there, sir, right there, ma'am, right there, young person, cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whosoever calls on his name shall be saved. And I'm going to ask you right now to take your stand for Jesus. Thank you for joining the movement. We hope that you would reach out to us at info at jacksonfbc.com with your questions and check out more of our ministries at jacksonfbc.com.